The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out cybionicscgm.com. How's it going? It's Owen here, and this is a bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast, Redefining Diabetes. Every week, we'll dip back into the episode archive and get you to think and reflect once more about some of the things we've learned from the podcast over the last few years. It could be some diabetic wisdom, advice, a great guest, or even a hypo story. So enjoy this bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast. But how has your relationship, Lauren, with your own diabetes changed throughout your life since diagnosis? Because when anybody looks at you they think confident diabetic (laughs) yeah and it's so funny that you bring this up because i don't know if this ever happens to you but usually like once a year i'll end up in a rabbit hole of just scrolling back through my old content and kind of looking back at like the first kind of post that i was posting on on instagram and for whatever reason i did this last night and i was like oh my gosh if you really look back at all my posts since 2014 when i made the account you can literally see in my posts and captions my whole entire relationship with diabetes transform. And it's actually kind of cool that it's this journal in a sense or way to document this this process that wasn't even intended. Um, I mean, I posted on Instagram for, I want to say it was about a year before I first even did this one post. I think it was World Diabetes Day. And it was like my coming out of Uh, oh my gosh, I have diabetes. Here you go. And I'm also at the same time petrified to post this because what if people don't like me? And what if people think I'm weird? Um, I think I never neglect, I was never somebody who neglected my diabetes when I was younger, but I definitely didn't celebrate it. I definitely didn't um, put it at the forefront. I think once you get to that kind of middle school age where you realize, oh, there's you know boys and there's girls and they could either like you or then they don't like you, that's when I started to hide it a little bit more. And I even remember I was walking down the hallway. I want to say it was fourth or fifth grade. So a few years after I was diagnosed and I was going to the bathroom. So there was nobody in the hallway except for a teacher who was on, I guess, hallway duty. And she was a little bit older. She had to be maybe like in her fifties and she walked up to me and she goes, Oh, you're Lauren. Hi. I'm, I forget her name. So-and-so. And I was like, uh, hi. And she was like, I want, and she like bends down and whispers. And she's like, I want to let you know that I have type 1 diabetes too. And I know that you just got on a pump. So I want to show you where I hide mine. And 
she literally, I don't know if this was appropriate, but she literally like pulled down her front of her shirt and, and showed me that she stuck it in her bra. And at the time I was like, okay, this is really weird, but like, okay. But I don't even know if I'm like wearing bras at that age yet. But regardless, that stuck with me and is something that I didn't recognize at the time, but was one of the first times that I was taught to hide my diabetes. And I think for going you know, on in years and years, it was once again, just something that I hid and didn't want to tell anybody about because maybe of that conversation with that teacher, or maybe just of societal standards of what you're shown of you're different because you have this. Um, but essentially over the years, what I learned is that different doesn't mean bad, like different means just individual and unique. And you have to lean into that because if you don't, you're neglecting a huge part of your life and who you are. And I think that's also another thing that I hear a lot of on the online space is you're not your diabetes and diabetes is not all of you. And like, yes, that's all true, but it also gives the message that it can stay in the shadows. And if you don't bring diabetes out of the shadows for what I've learned, it's you never get to that point of being able to tap into more of your limitless potential because this is a part of you and you have to integrate it and accept it into your life if you want to come to the other side of feeling more confidence and more more confident and more empowered with your diabetes. Yeah, it's one of those conditions that because you are on it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it's always going to be there. And for me, if I don't acknowledge it or if I don't give it the attention it needs and deserves, then I am the one that feels the effects of that almost instantly. Mm -hmm. And you, you, you kind of had me thinking there about how that was the first time you were in one way almost taught to hide it from that mm -hmm. teacher. And you're probably someone who is the most confident about their diabetes that I've seen online anyway, which is a great thing to see. So you obviously didn't let that hold you back. And like, have you spoken to people who had hidden it for so many years, even around the time that you might have? Oh my gosh. Yes. So many people, so many people. And I think the online space has been, and even just podcasts like this, like have been such a blessing because we're not on our own islands in our houses anymore being like, maybe there's somebody out there like me, right? There's, <laughs> there, we're all out there and there's so many incredible stories and, um, just inspiration for, for other people who are struggling. But I even think of, uh, you know, our decide and conquer group coaching program, which is one of our signature uh, coaching programs for women living with type one diabetes. We, we just had our first, um, uh, it's our 10th round of launching the program. We just had our first call the other day and there was somebody on there who has had diabetes for 20 something years. And afterwards she posted something on her Instagram stories and messaged me afterwards and was like, this is the first time, like I'm like, there are so many friends and family who are going to message me because they don't even know that like I'm struggling with this. And I think that's a burden that we think that we have to carry on our own. And 
it's really scary the first time you start to open up about it and tell your coworkers or have a conversation with, you know, somebody maybe that you see in a coffee shop with a CGM on or whatever it is. But each time you do it, you're like breaking down these walls and it does get easier. And I think that's the only reason why I am in this relationship with diabetes that I am today is because I just kept breaking down those walls and reconditioning the way that my mind thought and related to my diabetes and going from shame or this is something to be hidden or kept in the shadows to why? Like this is a part of me, so I'm going to show it. Mm. When did you go from just worrying or managing your own diabetes to then knowing that this is what I want to do. I want to help people from all over the world manage their own. Mm. So it was definitely a, um, it was over time. It wasn't like this instant thing. It kind of, I kind of fell into it. So when I was a senior in college, I was on the law school track and I was taking my LSATs, took them twice, put a lot of time and effort years into studying and and all of that. Um, But I was applying to law school. And at the time I had been throughout college very much into health because I was in those obsessive years of food and nutrition and discovering all these things that the doctors, you know, weren't telling us about our diabetes. And so I was blogging about it on my first blog, like kind of before like blogs became popular. And I was always putting off my law school, you know, studying or, or applications until after I would like respond to comments on the blog or emails that I was getting. And even though it was maybe, you know, two or three comments or an email a week, like I felt so much joy in responding to them and helping them. And, um, I wanted to ultimately go to law, uh, go to law school and work eventually in a career that was on lobbying and creating change in healthcare. But one day I was in a yoga class and I had this massive epiphany that this wasn't mine to do. And that was instant. That thought, it was like, this isn't the path for me. I don't want to fight against a system for years and not see anything change. I Instead, I want to make an impact on this individual level and I want to empower other people to be able to create positive change in their minds and their bodies and take ownership of that for themselves. Because at the time it was, it was so eye-opening and transformational for me, even though I was, you know, not in that finalized place and there's never a final place, but even though I was not in the best relationship with diabetes at that point, I still knew there was like a lot that we weren't getting from our endocrinologist and from the healthcare system. So um, that's kind of when I told my parents, (laughs) came home for that yoga class, I was like, mom, dad, I need a conference call with you two. <laughs> and I told them, I was like, I am going to go to health coaching school. At the time, health coaching was definitely not as credible as it is today. And they were like, um, okay, you have a year. You have a year. So I moved back home. I literally started coaching people out of my parents' basement. My operation system was post-it notes on the wall like writing a new client who came in and then crossing them off like when they were done and that it just built over time and I got to the point where I had so many clients that I couldn't do it by myself anymore and over the years I've just we've built a team and we have over you know a thousand people who apply for coaching a year and we help so many people transform their their relationship to diabetes and their lives and we have husbands we have family members we have parents who write us saying 
I've never, I haven't seen my, you know, child or my spat, my partner, or whoever it is like this happy in such a long time. Like, thank you. And this is really impactful work that I'm doing. And I'm so glad that I followed that calling and that passion, even though I couldn't see what the end would be. I knew that I just had to follow what I was feeling called to do. Thanks for listening to this bite-sized episode of the Insulone podcast. And if you want to listen to the full episode, you can check it out in the description. Chat to you soon.